Well, Happy New Year. I read in my, uh, one of my devotionals, I have a few that I use in addition to just reading the scripture and studying the scripture. Um, and it said this, the children of Israel, January 1st, the children of Israel, they journeyed from the wilderness toward the sun rising, making their way through an uninspiring land, a desert waste, upheld by hope of a glorious new day. Now, exciting. They were going from the wilderness to the sun rising, but they had to get through that wilderness to get to the sun rising. And that's like us. We're going through, you know, we go through wilderness here, but we got a glorious new day to look forward to. And, and for us to look ahead, and I think that's part of, uh, you know, when we come to this celebration or this, you know, reminder of the new year that, you know, what are we looking forward to? What are we looking ahead to? You know, we, we have our, what we call, you know, resolutions. How many of you have made resolutions? How many of you are afraid to admit it? How many of you don't even think about it? It's just like, who cares? You know, it, it's probably not a bad thing to think about, like, your life, like, the direction of your life and, and what's going on in your life. But, you know, resolutions, the, you know, the big joke is you make the resolutions and then what? Yeah, about a, a day or two later, you know, they're gone. They're history. They're broken or whatever. But, you know, I think, and Dan kind of brought this up last week. He asked, you know, how many of you are reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible? And I think if we're going to make a resolution, uh, any kind of a re resolution, I think it would be something like that, that I'm going to stay in God's Word this year. And I'm going to make an effort to be in the Word of God this year. And, and I, and, uh, I kind of like that. He said, you know, wherever he goes, he says that. That's the first question he asks because it's like one of the most important questions. I, uh, you know, am I in the Word? Am I reading the Bible? Do I ever open up the book? Uh, speaking uh, to uh, texting to one of my family members who, you know, is kind of lost and, you know, you know, they said, you know, I don't know what to do and I can never reach you. You're the pastor and you're my brother and like blah, blah, blah you know. And uh, I, I said, well, I'm here mostly, but Jesus is always there for you. And I said, but I said, what I recommend is that you open up, your, you find a Bible, you can understand, you open it up. You start reading the Gospel of John and also in the Psalms. I, I recommended for her. And, and, it's the same for us. So this year, I wanted to start, uh, we'll, we'll start in John chapter 11 next week. I wanted to start this, uh, this year with a well-known passage. We've looked at Psalm 23. There are some very, very well-known passages. Psalm 23, we looked at that in depth. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, right? Very, very familiar. Most of us kind of learned that as children. What other of the most familiar, well-known passages are there? Anybody? What? Romans 8, 28. Yeah, all things work together for good. Yeah, what else? You saved that one. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. So there are a number that are very, very familiar. And this one, and Denise called out this one. That's why I told her to... But these are, these are kind of like the, the key verses, and I think they're most well-known is because they, they apply to us so much. 
and because people have gotten so much benefit from them, so they've memorized them and people know them. And I think this one here is, is one too, that, that I think that we should memorize this. It is a life verse of many, Val, I think. And many of the Teen Challenge girls, when they come, they, they quote this verse as their life verse. So what is it? You already know if you've looked in your bulletin. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So will you read this with me, please? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I think, I really believe, I think this is a, a passage that we can live by. And it's, it is one of the most well-known, most familiar. And, and it, it, there's power in it. There's some, there's some nuggets of truth in it for us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that down in a second. But the book of Proverbs is part of what they call the wisdom literature. How many of you need wisdom in your life? We, need, we all need wisdom. And it's part of what, what they call the wisdom literature and now, the, the book of Proverbs, most of the Proverbs were written by Solomon, but not all of them, but most of them were. It said that he had written, it talked about him, it said that he'd written some 3,000 Proverbs. But it was, it was a, a type of instruction that, that I, I think it, why it, it helps us as well, because it, it's these little, these little sayings that, that you know, we can hold on to, we can grab a hold of. Now, can anybody tell me how long ago Solomon lived? Roughly, just not exactly. We don't have an exact date. Anybody have a, a clue? He got here 3,000 years ago. He, he lived approximately 970 years before Christ, right? And, and, and these are not exact dates, but, but if you add that to the number of years we have now after Christ, it's about 3,000 years. 3,000 years. We're looking at words that are on the screen, that are in this book, that are 3,000 years, roughly 3,000 years old. And you can say, well, that's just old stuff. That could never apply. That could never affect my life. But it's not true. In fact, Solomon said, you know, no, there's nothing new under the sun. Really, things have not changed much from the days of Solomon to the days today. Yeah, we, we've gotten more technical, you know, tech, tech, technologically whatever. And, and it's done us a lot of good, as you can tell, you know. We keep getting more and more, you know, technology, and it's just like helping us. We're becoming better and better people. We're becoming, you know, closer and closer to each other and to... Are we? No, it's actually the opposite is happening. But, but the thing about it is that people are still people, and that's why Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The problems that were, you know, Adam and Eve faced after the fall are the same problems that you and I face today. But God's word is eternal. This book is eternal. In fact, it, it, you know, it's going to be in heaven forever and ever. This word, it, it says, it, it talks about it, that it is eternal. It's eternal. And, and, and so what, that's why we can look at words like these verses in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and we can hold on to them, and we can see what God wants to say, how he wants to 
Apply them in my life, in your life today. So, is that a good introduction? Are you with me so far? Someone said no over here. Okay. Part one. You see, we, we break it down and, uh, you know, there's really three, three things for us to do. And then there's a promise of what God will do. These four different parts of this, uh, these two verses here. So the first one here is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The, the word trust, it, the, if you look at the, the breakdown of it, it's, a, it's in the imperative tense, meaning it's something that's imperative for you and I to do. That's the kind of force that it's brought out. You need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. We all know what it means to trust, but let me give you Webster's de- definition. It says, reliance on the character, the ability, or strength, or truth of someone or something, to put one's hope and confidence in, to go for refuge, to go for refuge. Warren Wearsby adds this. He says that he says the Hebrew for this is even stronger. He says that trust, this word for trust, had originally the idea of lying helplessly face down. Lying helplessly face down, helplessly face down before the Almighty God. That's what true trust is. That's not like, oh, I trust that you're going to do this. No, it's I trust. That's the kind of force that we're talking about that we see here in this verse. He says to trust in the Lord, not just trust in anything, not just trust in yourself, but trust in the Lord with, with all of your heart. I think the big question that God asks us, as believers especially, I think he's asking it of the whole human race, but I think especially of us, day after day, he asks us, will you trust me? Why is that? Because we, so often we don't. We don't trust him. We get sidetracked. We get focused on so many other things. And God says to you and to me, will you just trust me? Maybe he's asking you to do that right now in the situation that you're in. He's saying, will you just trust me? Will you trust in me and who I am and what I can do? The word Lord there is the, is the English, transla- uh, English translation of the word Yahweh, which really, it's, a, it's his name. It's it's. Yahweh means the Almighty God, the one being who is. Will you trust me, he says. Will you trust the Lord, the God, the Almighty God, with all of our hearts, with the very core of who we are? Not just a little bit of thinking up here, I'll I'll trust God about that. He's saying, with the very core of our beings, will you trust me? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You know, they you read about a couple of guys named Joshua and Caleb. You all, you all have heard about Joshua and Caleb. Well, when you read about them, it says that they wholeheartedly trusted the Lord. They wholeheartedly went after what God had. They were two of the spies that went into the land to check out the land. And ten of them came back and said, there's no way we could go into the land. But the two of them, they had, they had hearts that trusted the Lord wholeheartedly. They said, if God is doing this, and I'm paraphrasing, then we can do it. Then we should go. I trust in you. 
I want, to, I want you to turn back with me to a few of the Psalms just to see David's heart because he uses these words so many times. Let's start in Psalm 31. We're just going to, we're going to blast through a four or five here in, in the book of Psalms that David, uh, Psalms that David wrote. And again, David did not write all the Psalms, but the Psalms we're going to look at today uh, were written by him. And David, that's why I, I love the Psalms because David was a person that just like put it all out there. And we can relate to him emotionally. And he, he just, he, he went through all the struggles, all the ups and all the downs. But Psalm 31, verse 14, look what it says there. He says, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. The, the context, he was in the midst of all kinds of troubles and all kinds of attacks. But he says, but... No matter what's going on around me, but I trust in you. That's the same thing in Psalm 13. All the things David was saying, he even felt, Lord, where are you? I, I can't hear you. I'm not sure if you're even there with me. I'm struggling with all these things, struggling with all this anguish and, and pain and sorrow and suffering, but I trust in you. It's a decision that you and I have to make, but I trust in you, O Lord. How about Psalm 37? Jump ahead there to Psalm 37. What does it say there in verse uh, 3 and following? He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Don't you love that verse? That's a... That's a pretty well-known one as well. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. And he goes on to say all the things that the Lord will do. How about Psalm 40? Jump ahead to Psalm 40, verse 3. He says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and what? and put their trust in the Lord through what's going on in my life. But look at verse 4, he said, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Where are we going to put our trust? David said, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord Yahweh his trust, not looking to the proud, not looking to others. One more in the psalm, Psalm 56. Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. This is powerful. Look what it says there. It says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. You see, David... David was totally honest, and, and we see here that he spent times when, when he was just afraid, he was scared. Fear, fear is a powerful thing, isn't it? Fear messes with you badly. But David said, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. He said, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me?
You can turn back to Proverbs. I'm going to quote to you from Isaiah chapter 26. Some familiar words for many of us, but in, in Psalm 26, or excuse me, Isaiah 26, it says this, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. One version said, whose mind is stayed on you. Why? It tells us why. Because he trusts in you. Where are we going to find the perfect peace that we need? By fixing our eyes, our minds, our hearts on him and trusting in him. He goes on to say, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, Yahweh, is the rock eternal. So this is huge, isn't it? These, these verses that, that, and these are just a tip of the iceberg. These are just a few. These are just a tiny bit of, of the scriptures that talk about us putting our trust in Him. You know, I, I wanted to spend actually most or, or, or the greater part of, of these four points on this one, knowing that this is what you and I mostly need to do. We need to trust Him. We need to, to, to put our trust and our confidence and our our hope in him we go to him for refuge we are helplessly face down before him knowing that he's the only one that can help us trust in the lord solomon said with all your heart with all your heart in the book of isaiah isaiah says these words Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. There are so many things that we put our trust in. You know, we, we put our trust in, you know, they only had horses and chariots back then, but we have, you know, we have all kinds of stuff. We have cars, we have bank accounts, we have all these things that we can put our trust in. We have people that, you know, we, we put our trust in, but he says, whoa, when we, when we go to the wrong place for the, for the help that we need, woe to us who don't put their trust in the Holy One of Israel. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is, him, is in Him. David Guzik said this, and I'll move on to point two. He said, it is our nature. It is our nature to put our trust in something or someone, even if it is ourself. But he said, Solomon told us to consciously put our trust in the Lord. We want to trust somebody. and we, we, We're going to trust, we're going to put our trust somewhere. But he said, Solomon told us to consciously, make a conscious decision, where am I going to put my trust? Point number two. What's the next one say? Anybody know it? Lean not on your own understanding. The first point, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The second one, lean not on your own understanding. To lean means to kind of lean and get support, where you lean to, for, for something or someone to hold you up. Now, Warren Wiersbe said this, 
as well. He says this doesn't mean, he said this doesn't suggest that we turn off our brains and we ignore intelligence and common sense. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have any understanding, we don't have any intelligence. But he goes on to say there's, there's someone, but no, there's someone with better, more complete, more perfect understanding. So if you want to compare, you've got understanding of the Lord who understands things way better than you and I do, or my own understanding, which one is going to be better? Which one would you prefer to put your understanding on? Which one would you prefer to lean on? The one that sort of has a limited understanding? You and I have understanding. Don't misunderstand me, but, but it's limited. It's only so much. You know, we don't have all the facts. We understand some things. We, we understand, you know, uh, certain things, and we understand to certain degrees, but we don't really have all the information. That's why, you know, we have to be careful sometimes when, we, when we're speaking because we think, oh, I understand that. And we, we're quick to say what we think because I understand that. But we, we don't even have all the information yet. We don't have all the facts. But that's where God is different than you and I. He's, he's got all the information. He's got all the facts. So which one is it going to be more beneficial for us to lean on? Our own understanding or on God's. Solomon, Solomon, you know, this guy who's writing these words, you know the story, right? He went to the Lord and said, Lord, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. There's no way I can lead this nation, this people. You've got to help me. You've got to give me wisdom and understanding, knowledge and all that. And God said, yeah, because you didn't ask for like wealth and power and all that. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom. And he blessed him with that. With all that wisdom now, with all that understanding that he was given, and he was given, it was, it was, people would come from all over to hear what he had to say. But with all that, what does he tell us to do? He says, trust in the Lord and don't lean on your own understanding. Even if you have a lot of understanding, don't lean on it. Rather, trust in the Lord, lean on his understanding. I read a little quote, Pastor Chuck said this, and, and uh, is, isn't it so true why we think like this? We say these words. He says, I can't understand why God allowed this to happen to me. I can't understand why God allowed this hap to happen to me. I can't understand why, why this is going on. You know, our, like I said, our understanding only goes so far, but there, there are things that are so far beyond us. When we think we understand it all, that's when we get in trouble. Another proverb says this, Proverbs 28, says, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. He who trusts in himself is a fool. The truth is, the world's telling us today, you know, you, you, need to, you need to look to yourself. You need to dig deep. You need to go to yourself, and, and everything you need is there. But God is telling us, you know what, it's not all there. You need to come to me and trust in me. You want understanding, come to me. Don't lean on your own understanding. Job talked about it. In fact, will you turn with me to, 
to the book of Job in chapter 28. That's the book right before Psalms. So you have Proverbs and then back one, Psalms, and back two is Job, chapter 28. Job, you know, we're all familiar with Job, right? Uh, you know, even in the world, you know, people have heard of Job and they, what do they say about Job? What do we need? We need the patience of Job, right? Well, you know, that's not exactly right because for most of the book of Job, Job didn't really have a lot of patience, really, when you read it. At the very end, he finally figured out, oh, sorry, you know, excuse, you know, I, I better just be quiet. But Job had a lot of insight as well. But the book of Job is all about suffering, isn't it? They believe that the book of Job is the earliest book actually written. And what is it about? It's about suffering. Well, look at a few verses here in Job chapter 28. Uh, these are Job's words, uh, Job speaking in this section. Let's start in verse 12. What does it say in verse 12? But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? Man does not comprehend its worth. It, it cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says it's not in me. The sea says it's not with me. It can't be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed in silver. He goes on to talk about more things. But look at verse 20. He says, where then does this wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing. Jump down to verse 23. God understands the way to it, and He alone knows where it dwells. For He views the ends of the earth, and He sees everything under the heavens. Lean not on your own understanding, Solomon said, but, but the, the, the opposite of tr is also true that we need to lean on God's understanding, on what God wants to do, on, on what God knows, because God is the only one that has the true understanding of a situation, of whatever it is. And, and in Job's life, God knew it all. Job had to struggle through it all until he finally got up you know, to the very end of the chapter. And if you want to jump ahead... To the, to the end of the book, that's okay, you can do that. It's, it's hard reading when you're reading through all that stuff, but, but read to the end where, where Job said, you know, you know I, didn't, I wasn't able to see before, but now I see that you know exactly what you're doing. And, and, and in your hands, uh, you know, everything is made right. Do not lean on your own understanding. Someone said this, self-sufficiency and self-dependence have been the ruin of mankind ever since the fall of Adam. When I rely on myself, my own understanding, like I said, you know, we can apply that in our relationships. We, we can apply that in our jobs today. We, we can apply it in so many areas. We need to be careful. We're just jumping ahead when we don't really understand but it's a time to, to call out to the Lord. I trust you, Lord. You're going to have to help me here. I, I don't want to just jump in without the understanding that I need. Point number three. What's the third one? 
There it is. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, does it say in some of your ways, acknowledge Him? There's just certain parts of your life you need to keep the Lord in, right? Like Sunday morning, right? That's, a, that's pretty much, that's all that's needed. Acknowledge the Lord on Sunday morning and don't worry about Him, don't think about Him the rest of the time. That's all we need. Is that right? Is that what Solomon is saying here now? He's saying in all our ways. That's, that's you know, where we live, how we live, you know, how we live our lives, where we work, what we do, how we work with people, how we, how we function. In all of our ways, acknowledge Him. That's kind of big, isn't it? That's very big. Notice he said, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And now he says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So, so we have the Lord involved in, in, uh, from all of our heart to all of our ways. All of what's inside of us to all of what happens outside of us and where our, our whole being goes and is. That's huge. That's why I said this is a passage that, that has application for every part of our lives. And it is certainly a passage to live by, that we can live by this. And that's, I think, what Solomon is saying to us as well. And the interesting thing about this word acknowledge, uh, you know, we think about the word acknowledge and it's, you, can't, you know, you, we, we acknowledge something. So, so like, you know, I acknowledge that you're here in this room right? And then I don't think about you at all after that. I might acknowledge you, and, 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 and that's about it. And that's kind of like, you know, our understanding of, of the word acknowledge, but it, it's so much deeper than that. As a matter of fact, the word is the same word for know, K-N-O-W. It's found in the middle of the word, isn't it? It's kind of interesting uh, the, the word knowledge is in there, the word know is in there, but the word is, is yada, Y-A-D-A, and it's the same word used hundreds of times to know somebody. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Same word, be still and know. So, so you and I, he says, in all our ways know him, in all our ways acknowledge him. To know Him in, in the middle of all our ways. That's talking about a relationship, isn't it? One commentary said this, Acknowledge is not a nod of recognition, but an intimate knowledge of God in all our ways. So it's, it's like we know Him in our ways, we, we, and as we get to know Him, we know more about, you know, uh, through his word, what, you know, his understanding is and, and, and his will and his ways, his, how he works. But I think the biggest thing about it is his lordship. To so know him as Lord in all of our ways. Are we willing to bow the knee and say, Lord, you are Lord? It, it's so amazing to me how, how quick and how easy that word Lord just kind of rolls off of our lips. You could say it easy, Lord, oh Lord, uh, you know, help me, my car broke down. Lord, you know, I, I, I you know, my team lost. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Lord, uh, you know, but, but the, the word Lord means that we're submitted under him, that he is Lord. We've got to be careful how we use words. So to acknowledge him, to know him as Lord in all of our ways. Acknowledge who he is. Someone else said this, acknowledge means to admit the existence, the reality, and the trustworthiness of God, to acknowledge Him as Lord over our world and give Him full access to sit on the throne of our hearts. To let Him sit on the throne of our hearts, to let Him be that one. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? You're probably saying, you know, uh, those are good verses. Can we move on to something a little bit, you know, less demanding, a little bit easier? If we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to follow after the Almighty God, let's follow after Him. And this is what we're talking about here. To trust in the Lord with all our hearts. To not lean on our own understanding, but to lean on Him and His. And to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. Those are the three things that you and I are called to do. That's what, that's what this scripture is asking us, telling us. So what is, what is his promise? Why is this not working? There it is. And he shall direct your paths. He shall direct your paths. Some translations say he will make your paths straight. They're both uh, true about this word. The word for direct, it means to be straight. It means to be right. And so we, as we trust in him, as we uh, you know, lean not on our understanding, as we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our paths. He will make our paths straight. He will show the way ahead for us. When it's all twisted up, all messed up, and, and as we acknowledge him and say, God, I, I need to know what to do here. I need to have your direction. He'll, he'll make it straight for us ahead of us. In, in Psalm uh, 5, it says this, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. He says, Make straight your way before me. Lead me. Make straight your way before me. It's the very same word here in Proverbs 3, 6. Make straight your way. In Isaiah chapter 40, speaking of, of the prophecy of, of John the Baptist, what does it say? It says, The voice calling of one calling in the wilderness or in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. What did it go on to say? Make straight in the wilderness, a highway for our God. The same word. He's the one who's going to make that path straight for us. In, in, in all the... the the twists and turns of this life, if we will trust Him. Of course, there's something to do if He, if he directs our paths, if He makes the path straight ahead of us. We still have a choice, what? To follow, to, to, to take that path. But Isaiah, the Lord says in Isaiah, He says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Same word. He said, it will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. He'll break out 
He'll, he'll break us out of the bars and the gates. So, what does God ask us to do? Trust in the Lord, to trust Him with all our heart, to lean on Him, not on our own understanding. In all our ways, to acknowledge Him, to know Him, He will direct our paths. He'll make them straight. I found this quote by a guy named G. Campbell Morgan. He's a, a commentator from many, many years ago. He was a pastor as well, and he wrote these words. He says, The measure in which I have trusted the Lord and acknowledged Him has been the measure of walking in the paths of real life. Isn't that cool? The measure in which I have trusted the Lord Yahweh and acknowledged Him has been the measure of walking in the paths of real life. That's what I want. I want to walk in the paths of real life, but it comes through trusting Him, acknowledging Him, not our own understanding, but His. This is a passage to live by. I encourage you to, to memorize it, to know it, and to let God use it in your life. Why don't we pray together, shall we? Chris. We're going to partake communion here in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to pray first, and the year is 2020. You know, all kinds of churches I, I noticed on the internet, they're using that as a, a jumping point for vision. And it's good to have vision. It's good to have a vision for your life, but, but just the vision to, to trust the Lord and to acknowledge Him and, and let Him direct us. What better vision could there be? What better way could there be for us to see clearly, to have that 2020 vision in our lives? It's a decision that we make. I think it's a decision we make each and every day. It's a decision we make today. Lord, I want to trust you. I consciously decide today to trust you lean on your understanding. And you'll direct my paths. You'll make the way straight ahead of me when it looks so crooked, so messed up, so unbelievably hard. And yet you'll open up the way as I trust you, Lord, and I trust in you as the Almighty God, the Creator, the one who has all wisdom and all understanding, you, Lord. Father, we just take a moment now as we embark on this new year to, to call you, Lord. I trust in you, Lord, because you are my God. I trust in you, Lord because you are my God.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.